really good day. You know, training camp is officially underway. And then someone tweeted, and it ruined my day, that Andrew Kopp is giving them Stephen Weiss vibes. And it completely, like, I, it tanked my day. I was in a bad mood after that. I actually did see that tweet. <laughs> like, let's not put that evil in the world when he hasn't even played a game yet for the Red Wings. Yeah. And then, of course, he's injured going into training camp. I mean, he's recovering from an in- recovering from surgery, but still, it's like this. Don't do this to me, because yeah. I wanted Stephen Weiss to work so bad. Yeah, that was an interesting player. <laughs> Very interesting, but yeah, uh, welcome into another episode of the Production Line Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Garth Wickham. Grant Wickham. Yeah, and we're here to break down the prospect tournament and then we have a couple press conferences to get to and some competition going into camp should be pretty exciting a couple weeks here definitely now that we're back to once a week i'm more geared into it mentally but yeah watching the prospect tournament i don't know about you but it was just like trying to like take notes i'm like this feels weird yeah it was definitely goofy i don't know it just doesn't seem like hockey's back already, honestly. It was just well, you're was, in full fo- you're in full football mode. Yeah, I'm in all, all football mode right now. MCDC. MCDC and the Lions. We we're battling out there. Grant's actually leaving this podcast. I hate to break it to everyone. This is actually gonna be the last episode. He's starting a Lions podcast. It's gonna be once a day, three hours each day. Yeah. It's gonna be like, what was what well, what did MCDC have for breakfast this morning? And that's just the main topic of the first first week. I'm gonna call him and see if he answers every day. And then we're just gonna go from there. Yeah. Now hopefully someone someone will pick up the lions. Yeah. yeah. I feel like he's a good guy. He'll answer. He'll answer. He'll answer. But yeah, uh three games past weekend. I mean starting actually, no, it was the Redding's first game was the last Friday. Um definitely some varying performances from different players and i thought like as the tournament went on the team got better and it was just like no one really stood out like per se but i thought like the team like overall was like all right we're pretty good i mean the dallas game was kind of nuts that game was fun though yeah it was fun but i will start off like quickly with the like talking about columbus uh I was like, I'm waiting for like this big name player to score. I'm looking at Soderbloom, Hannes, and then, you know, or, you know, Riley Piercy just casually putting up a four spot. What's up with the Red Wings? And it's never hat tricks in first games. It's always four goal games. If we, like, yeah. we think we think back Bertuzzi, Mantha, Mantha Verana, Verana, it's like it's now four years in a row if we count Piercy in this. Yeah, I want to, but still kind of funny. Um, yeah, I mean, like that's kind of making the best out of your opportunity. Definitely like a once in a lifetime kind of thing. I mean, four goals, four shots, going for the hundred. Um, I I didn't mind his game though. Like I I he definitely started playing more towards the the back half of the game as he was getting you know a hot stick who's kind of following him around. I did like in the in the Dallas game too. He absolutely pummeled the guy in the fight. That was that was quite the fight. I mean, he probably he outsized him by quite a bit too, because I mean he's like six three two twenty, the man. Yeah, he had a pretty fun tournament. Yeah, uh, especially the first game. To to be fair, I didn't really notice him in 
a good or bad way to second and third game besides the fight. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I agree. I, I don't think he did. He had an empty netter in the, the third game. I mean, I thought he looked fine. Didn't really yeah. do it either way. Didn't really do it either way. I like a players that like for me got like he was a little bit quiet early on was Tuchayev. I thought he was like the first game, like, all right, he's not there. And then all of a sudden, like the second, third game, I'm like, oh, he's fun. I yeah. like he, he just busts down the wall, like loves to turn out and then try to make something happen. He had a couple crossbars. He scored, of course, like the worst goal. Weird yeah. little backhand flutter towards the net. I thought he was one of the best forwards the whole tournament. The, the only problem with him is it really, I don't know if that kind of player can ever pan out at the NHL level because of his size. Yeah, he's what is he five nine a buck sixty? I think someone's at a buck fifty. Oh, what did the Red Wings? I'm I'm just gonna go to the actually never mind. They don't show the size on that one. I'm not gonna dig for it. I thought his weight was bumped up though. It was okay. one forty. It was one forty six last year. Okay, that might be what I'm think. What I was thinking. I think it's like up one sixty five or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it, like bulk he, season's on. Yeah, let's get yoked. Yeah, uh, I I think he's so fun. I I just don't know that he has the tools and skill set to be that fun at even the physicality of an AHL level. I I'm really curious to see what he does in a full season because the couple games that I had watched of him, I granted he only played seven games, nine three, nine games. He had three points. I probably watched three of those. And I noticed a couple, like, good small plays, but throughout a full, let's say he's playing 15 minutes, and I, at 15 minutes, you're only seeing a couple flashes of him. So this year is a huge year for him. I mean, yeah, And again, like, in his defense, like, your first, like, couple games playing pro in North America is probably definitely intimidating. And I think you kind of notice that for most, like, prospects, if they're not, like, the top-end guys when they're adjusting – like a Joe Valeno that comes to mind who he really, he kind of struggled his first like start in the AHL. He was at the difference between Joe and Kirill is Joe is starting at a much younger age though. Not too much different. I don't think like a year. Actually, off, no, maybe. it was only a year. Yeah. Like, right. They started basically around the same time. Yeah. Cause Kirill was 21. Joe was 20 when they yes. started. So again, kind of like that. And again, like, obviously different skill sets and whatever, but I'm just saying like usually younger, like prospects who make their debut, it's never like but a super smooth, smooth transition. I would argue you're talking more with Joe Valeno and Kirill. You're talking more production standpoint, Joe. I didn't watch a whole lot of Grand Rapids when Joe was playing there, but I could assume that Joe was still good on both ends of the ice where Krill is a much different player. He needs to be producing to be. Yeah. Just fair. the different aspects of that. Um, That's fair. It did kind of feel like that um, Ben Simon was getting a look at one of his lines anyway throughout this tournament in uh, with Soderbloom, Hannes, and uh, Ward. I thought Ward was very good. 25, but I mean, still like, hey, if you can well, I don't translate to the Griffin season, yeah. 25 or not, like he's – if he can play that way in GR, he can be like a huge player for like helping younger players 
yeah. uh, progress as young players into good young players or better young players, I should say. Um, I was pretty impressed with his game. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought I so mean, too. I don't care that he's 25. He's going to be in the minors. Yeah. Um, he looked good. Yeah, I like that. I mean, obviously, Hannes and Soderblom had a couple, like, they had two plays in mind where it's wow. They, yeah, they had two really nice connections. Um, and they were kind of the opposite of what you'd expect. Because usually, I mean, if you look at both their stat lines, it's yeah, if you, if quite you, the opposite. Yeah, you're going to base it off stat line. I thought, like, Soderblom's playmaking was like, like, wow, okay. He didn't shoot the puck as much as I would have liked him in this tournament, but he was passing the puck and distributing really well, which is something we haven't really seen him do all that much. Yeah. He looked, he looked a little, uh, I don't know how to explain it. I guess odd out okay. there over the course of the weekend. Like I think it, a lot of it has to do with the size of the ice. He looked like a big looks, man. He, he, he doesn't goofy. know where to go. He doesn't know where to go yet. Um, which is totally understandable. And then there would be some moments where he's just such a force on the puck and you just can't take it from him, which is also what you'd expect from him because he's six foot eight. I, I thought he was great at some times and then pretty unnoticeable at a lot of times too. And yeah, again, like I have, a, I got a list of like players that stood out to me and like he did stand out to me, but again, it's kind of like the points you're bringing up. Like he looked a little goofy, but there's a couple of plays. Like, I mean, we think of Lombardi, another guy that I really liked his game. The one, oh, the setup that Lombardi had to Soderblom, and then Soderblom just absolutely crushing it in the back of the neck. Yeah, he put it in there with with force. But yeah, that play by Lombardi. Wow, I didn't know he had the wheels on him like that. Lombardi's a guy that I am very curious to see heading into another OHL season. This is yeah, a guy like- that has a very unique skill set, and if you can put all the tools together. Wow, is is he gonna be fun to watch this year? Flint's Flint's gonna be a pretty decent team too. Yeah, because you have Othman, Piercy's Piercy's going, going back for his twenty one year old year. He was a point per game player. I don't know who else they have besides Othman and Piercy. To be honest, that's kind of a traded, lot there. I think they traded for someone else. Like because they're obviously like the OHL. It's like all right, who's gonna be good this year? And then they they just buy. Yeah, I love it. That's true. Uh, and I think like I think they bought a little bit. I don't remember who the players were though. I want to say there might be a couple draft guys this year. I could okay. be mistaken though. Um, but yeah, no, like Lombardi, I didn't really know what to expect because I didn't get really. It's hard. I watched like some of like the three on three prospects thing, but I mean, three on three doesn't mean a whole lot. Like, I mean, Lombardi yes. obviously stood out in that because of his skill set. Yes. How does three on three translate to five on five? Yeah, I mean, and again, he didn't have. I don't think. I think he only had one assist the whole weekend. But like, I I noticed him all the time, like trying to create things. I did. I did note he was one of my most noticeable players, and yeah, he had one assist. Yeah, that's what I, it was. Yeah, I also was very pleased, not surprised, but pleased with Cross Hannes. Yeah. I think that would be the word is pleased. I, I'm happy to see the way he performed. I'm not surprised in the way he came out. Um, I'm just happy. I think he's going to find himself as a possibly a pretty good player in Grand Rapids this year. Middle six guy. Middle six guy. I mean, when you look at Cross, he has a, 
a unique skill set too. A very smart offensive zone player with his playmaking ability and some slick hands along with it. And you notice his good finishing touch too, which yeah, like the didn't... sneaky the sneaky little shot after the chip into the zone. Like that's not an easy shot to pull off, but it's really no, deceptive and it works. It's, it's not. And I I kind of want to dive into him a little bit. I okay. I th- I think Let's I'm do curious, it. I I want to see him play some preseason games this year and just have a look at him with NHL caliber players. I think that would be is going to be really interesting for him. But when it comes to the big scheme of things, I I mean, I'm really hoping he plays in Grand Rapids this year. I don't see him going back to juniors. Oh, that's um, not happening. Um, but when you look at him, what do you think a successful season looks like for him in Grand Rapids, production-wise? See, I see him as like a two- or three-year player in GR. So that first year might not be the most. I don't know. If, if he's like – if he starts off a little slow, which I kind of expect, I'm expect again, like it goes back to our conversation with two, like two Chayev or two. Yeah. I heard it. I heard it pounce a couple different ways. So I'm, I'm trying my best. Grill the thrill. Grill the thrill. He's the actual grill the thrill. Yeah. My apologies. Him, Valeno, like guys like that, like it took a while for the production to follow. But then like when you look back at like the latter half of the season, you're like, wow, okay. He really found his game. So I don't know if he's like around the 30 point mark and he's playing some special teams. Because I know, like, I listened to Ben Simon on the Red Wings official podcast today, and he was talking about how Cross hasn't really, like, PK'd. He started to this year, but he's like, you know, if Cross wants to play the pro game, he want, he wants him to take initiative and start playing in all these different special teams. Same thing with Elmer as well. But so I thought maybe, like, he's going to have to earn his way on the power play a little bit. I mean, look at you look at established guys like Hiroshi, um, you could possibly have Luff, Zarnik, Pontus Andreasen, Soderbloom. It's a lot of spots being taken up. It's a lot of Even spots. Warred. Being... Warred, who I know Simon was complimentary of him playing the bumper, but also said maybe he's a half wall guy. You have the yeah. defenseman to worry about. I mean, that's a lot of spots. So if he can earn a way onto that at some point, again, it's not going to be given to him, which is what I like because this team is going to be pretty good. In terms of talent, doesn't necessarily you know translate to the W's, but should be a fun team. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna go with like the thirty around the thirty point mark, and if he's he progressively gets better through the year. Yeah. It's not like he's a super hot start and then trails off. Then I'm like, okay, what went wrong here? Yeah, I like that. I, I was gonna say thirty to forties. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I was impressed with what I saw. I didn't like again, like I think I expected him to be one of the better forwards, and he was. So cool. It, it all depends on buy-in and deployment. Yep. yep. Um yeah. Oh yeah. The guy like I'm gonna I'm kind of saving like the I'm kind of bearing the lead. I'm saving like the the big ones for last, but the player I've really been itching to talk about is Jer- Jeremy uh Biaka Batuka. I yeah. loved his game. I did too. He was easily the 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 invite I loved, like I liked the most. His size, he's 6'4, 210, played physical, could skate, which is usually when you look at a big defenseman that goes undrafted and is an invite. I'm like, okay, so he can't skate. But he that's could what skate. I usually think too. That's the last couple of years. Every time there's been a defensive invite, that's huge. Like Wyatt skate. New like Wyatt New Power in last year's tournament. I'm like, oh, oh my god. There was a over eight or like a an older 
college graduate too. Oh my god, State. yeah. Who, who was that? It was um the lefty. Yeah. He was oh, he was big too. He was like yeah, six was... five. Um, but yeah, Bianca like Simon was talking about how the organization was talking about them and his possible future with the team. Didn't speculate on contract or anything, but that's obviously a good sign. Well, I just immediately think about right-handed defenseman in the organization yeah. and his skill set. Like, who's the best right-handed defenseman prospect right now? Tumisto. Tumisto, who's a bit of a reach right now, and then he's having a good start to the. He's having a good start in Liga. Yeah, not bad. He's playing. He's playing good minutes. He is, but then you go like Barton, An- Anton Johansson, Barton. And then uh, it's thin. I don't even know who else. Uh, Plandowski. Oh yeah, <laughs> Plandowski, who plays on the same team, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'd be that'd be a while. Probably they got plenty of looks at him too if if he's playing on the same team as Plandowski. Yeah, I know uh, Simon credited um, Sean Horkoff and, and Draper for putting this roster together. So they were kind of like the any of the invites is more so they're doing. Yeah, so that's a good indication. Yeah, I I thought yeah, Bianca de Batuca was the guy, uh, and I guess his uncle was a running back at Michigan. That's kind of cool. In the nineties, so everyone was like, I was listening. Yeah, Art Regner was talking about like how he remembered the name because he was a University of Michigan guy, and so I was just like, okay, but yeah, that's kind of a funny story. Like his uncle being like a really good football, like really good football player. Yeah, it's a little interesting. Yeah, but no, I, I hope I hope something happens again. Like, I think I, I think the last time like a free agent invite, to my knowledge, like from a prospect tournament that got signed was Joe Hicketts. That's like the last one I can think of, and that was 2014. Yeah, it doesn't happen often. Yeah. It doesn't happen often, and he's like he's a pretty good success story in terms of a, a free agent signing. Joe Hicketts, yeah, for sure. Yes. Yeah, he played NHL games. Granted, yeah. the Red Wings weren't that good, but he was also a really good AHL player. Yeah, I think I still think if he got a little bit more of a chance in the NHL, there could have been something there. That's like the, the biggest hill I'm willing to die on. Is like in like 2018, he he should have been playing way more. Joe Hickus is an NHL was an NHL defenseman in 2018. Yes, that's my that's my. I hill. like that hill. <laughs> it's good stuff. Um, I kind of want to move on to the defenseman. Well, let's talk about. Are there any players that didn't impress you at all? Like you were just like, okay, you're here, but you're not here. Zito, Zito, That's I guess. The first name that came to my head. <laughs> Nothing against him. I saw him like throw a couple of hits, but I'm like, okay, yeah. you're there. Not to again diminish. Just, his... just for like the actual prospects. There's no like, I wasn't paying enough attention to the invites to be like. Okay. Other than that, like, I mean, Plandowski, I saw like moments. He's such a good skater. So like, I, He's I noticed very him from good skater. Other than like, he didn't look bad. Didn't look good. So I mean, I guess I would notice. I'd notice his skating. So I guess that's a positive. Right? That's the big thing about Bianca Batuka too. That I was so impressed with was his skating and his yeah first pass exits. Like yep, that, very simple defenseman. Very simple and very good skater. I honestly, his game was great. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm on the hype train. Me too. And it's nice that he gets to go to main camp still too, and get to nice. participate against some of those guys and. And who knows what happened? I'm sure he's going back to junior, but it, I don't know if it's a conversation that he gets. I know, like going back to Hicketts, I think he was signed right out right after the tournament, but he went back to junior. So he went back to junior still. And I'm curious if it's like a, something like that, or I know players often will go back to junior and they're like, "Let's see you have a big year, then we'll sign you." 
Yeah. So maybe it's something like that. But yeah, like otherwise, like that, like any other prospects that we had drafted, I think we named all of them, to be honest. The I think we did too for forwards. Shout out Trenton Bliss. I'll show yeah. you quick. Scored. Nice little tip in front. Nice like Wisconsin man. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. The big the big guys I, I want to talk about, uh, Sprango, Vero, Johansson, Edvinson. I guess I'll throw Barton in there too. Barton was efficient. Like he's kind of like the quick one for me. I I still think he's a he's definitely a project and he called himself that. But he's like, I, I think I'm I think I'm a good project, is what he said. I like that. Yeah. I didn't, project... think, I, I didn't think he looked bad at all. I thought he looked more so on the good end of things. I honestly yeah. thought the defense as a whole was pretty darn good. Oh yeah, yeah. No, besides the Dallas game, they were great. Yeah. Which also helped the goaltending, which we'll talk about as well. Um yeah, Vero scored. Uh definitely a greasy shot from the point, but he's such a smooth skater too. He is a very good skater. I love Emil Vero. He's so simple. And it's just great. I don't know, I'm a sucker from a third pairing boring defenseman. I'm a sucker for it. I oh, wanted yeah. Alexei Marchenko to be to work so bad. <laughs> Blast from the past. And Joe Hicketts. <laughs> and Joe Hicketts. Joe Hicketts was a little more fun because he was so small. And I remember, like, remember in preseason one year against Toronto, he was like running behind the net in the offensive zone to hit people. Yeah, I do. That, that. I he wanted to make the team bad. Yeah, he did. He should have because the Red Wings are terrible that year. He should have. Instead, we had Trevor Daly and Jonathan Erickson hammering down the left side. We needed that. Uh, now, so the big two start off with Johansson. I thought his first game was like pretty underwhelming, but then afterwards I thought he warmed up and it was just quiet. He was quiet, but like you still saw those flashes of what we saw in the SHL of being electric, like his skating ability, wheeling around the zone, making stuff happen, being yeah. available for a shot too. That's what his best at is being active. I think it's going to take him a little bit to get adjusted to his comfortability that he had in the SHL from what I saw. I thought he was very defensively sound. It's just that offense. I want to see it come out more. Also, his physicality. What? Yeah, he threw one really nice hit. No, he threw two big hits. Two big open ice hits. I was like, oh, my God. There's one that I can remember. I can't remember the other one. but It was in the third game, so you probably didn't see it because it was 11 a.m. The third game, yeah, against Toronto. Oh, I watched part. I I missed part of that game. Yeah, it was, a, it was such a weird time. Like I was at work too, and I watched like during lunch, and then I caught parts of the third period, but not really. Yeah. Um. But no, yeah, Johansson. He had an assist. He I think he had one. He might have had two assists. I remember one for sure. It was off the Bliss goal, which was a nice shot for the and point. I thought he had one on the two tie up goal too. That was kind of a weird one. That kind of yeah, just I think so. Bounced in. I think so. Yeah, that leads. I mean, actually, we talk about Sprango quick too. Uh, again, like Vero, kind of similar profile, except Sprango is more of a gritty in your face kind of guy. I thought yeah. he was, again, effective. He was playing both sides too, which was, it's, I mean, it's something that should be noted as he showing his ability to play all over. I did see something like a tweet. It was like him saying, like, he's ready to go for the season. His mom, like, quote tweeting it and saying, hell yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's so that cool. funny. Um, yeah, no, I'm again, guy going into his third pro season at 20. Yeah, pretty, pretty ridiculous. Great. Pretty great. Seems like he's a pretty great character guy, too, which is really good. 
You like to yeah. see that. There's and another I, one of your third pairing defensemen that you're gonna fall in love with. That's uh, dude, absolutely. Someone someone needs to do it. <laughs> someone needs to do it. Um, but no, he was wearing one of the A's. It was him, Drew Warred, and um, yeah. Who's, who's what happened to us making fun of Columbus for Kent Johnson wearing a C? <laughs> Right okay. after I saw Drew Ward wearing an A, I'm like, what am I doing? Okay, a C and A is totally different, though. But yeah, I agree. I agree that even having A's is pretty ridiculous for a three. Having A's is ridiculous, too, for a prospect tournament. Everyone but Toronto, I think, because Toronto wears those stupid practice jerseys, which I also think is dumb. Yeah, everyone's doing something dumb then at the tournament, so I guess it all evens out. Yeah, Toronto's like, here's our practice jerseys. I get the sentiment <laughs> of, like, earning to wear the jersey, but... Again, like, I don't know, you just look stupid. Yeah. It looks silly. Like, you're wearing black practice jerseys and you're a blue team. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. Um, be yeah, the big man, Sam Edmondson. Um, definitely a interesting tournament for him. First game definitely was quiet and everyone was like, where is this? But then the second game, especially, he got a little, he, he got a little crazy. He was, he was into it. He did a sick end-to-end rush where he almost scored. And then there was a couple of times where he's caught back too deep in the offensive zone and it's a three-on-one the other way. Yeah. There was more than once that happened. And I thought the third game was his best game. Sound. And he still made his he still made his marks. We jumped. I thought, like, in terms of his all-around game, his most active game was the second game. It was the most fun. But um, the third game was definitely his most all-around. Yeah, it's it's definitely been a mixed bag for him in the last couple of months here. I mean, from World Juniors onto this, and then preseason coming up, it's gonna be very interesting for him because I I've seen completely different Simon Edmondsons almost every game. Mm-hmm. As to where in the SHL I saw the same Simon Edmondson every game. Yeah, which the consistency was very nice for him. So Again, I we, don't I don't know if it's just change of competition on a daily. Like one day you're playing, let's say Switzerland, the next game you're playing USA. That's different. And then you're going from that to a prospects tournament where the competition's still gonna be different. Yeah. And now you're jumping into a preseason where you're going against actual NHLers or guys yep. competing to play in the NHL. So I don't know if that's getting to him, if it's the Different because there's some points where I'm like, oh my gosh, he looks so good. And there's other points where I'm like, oh my gosh, Simon, please stop that. <laughs> so he's me so fun. Someone called him the Anthony Mantha of defense. And I'm like, don't say it. Yeah. Cause he sometimes looks really nonchalant. But it's again, not, like it's not nonchalant lazy like Mantha. I agree. It's, it's more of nonchalant, like he's making a simple play. And then other times he's doing something crazy, which could be crazy good or crazy bad. Now, what I thought was really weird was the discourse on the internet after a three-game sample size of Simon Edmondson saying he's nowhere near ready. Yeah, it is. That's crazy. It's pretty. And then also saying Albert Johansson is by far better and deserves a spot over Simon Edmondson. I I didn't see any of that. I think you're reading too deep into people's... uh... Oh, I'm definitely reading too deep into people's things, but I'm like... yeah. Again, I run a yeah, I run a Red Wings podcast, and I like to I like to know the vibe around the situations. I don't I don't think that's like the vibe around the organization. I don't. I keep my vibes in check, my own personal vibes. Yeah, my personal vibes are still. My opinion hasn't changed. It's seventy thirty. 
I'm still 60-40. I think there's... I think you said 65-35 last week, so you went down 5%. Did I say 65-35? I think you did, yeah. Okay, well, I'm still 65-35. Same thing. I was going to say, I was going to say, you're you're starting to go into yeah, the 8-2. 5% difference. <laughs> Sue me. You're 5% less confident. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Changing up on us. I know. I'm, just, uh, to wrap, I'm, I'm a hater. To wrap up, um, Kosa, Bednar, both really good. I was actually really. I thought I thought both of them played really good as well, and I thought Oak was okay too. He had that that five he, goals stout. Yeah, that was tough. Was. That was tough for him. That was tough. Not really his fault. The defense was just non-existent as well. Yeah, they fell asleep for a while. Also, his first his first game, the half game that he came in, in the first game, uh, three on one to start, tough. And yeah. he saved it. My favorite part about that game was like, or the Dallas game was that I didn't even notice like. Maverick Bork or uh, Wyatt Johnson. That maybe Stank- Stankoven. I noticed Stankoven. I noticed very much, but I-, I was happy I didn't notice like both them. Christian Cairo was also pretty good. He was really good. Yeah, fun player. Um, but yeah, both goalies like I- especially Kosa. Like again, we read it. Also, someone also mentioned he's wearing a cat eye mask, which isn't allowed in junior. Yeah. I didn't know I didn't know he was wearing that until after the podcast last week when I brought it up. Oh, okay. I saw so, that. I just haven't read much into that stuff. I don't know. I get, again it could just be him getting used to it because obviously it's a different vision line. I think he really just wants to play pro and they haven't told him if he's playing pro or not yet. He has to I think prove I it. think so too. I think so too. Yeah, and I I agree. Again, I still am wary and whether or not I'm, like, I'm Toledo if is is the best option if he does play pro. I'm quite frankly, I'm scared for him to play pro. I, <laughs> is that bad? Like, I don't know if I want him playing pro this year. I don't know either. He's so raw. And I yeah. think Edmonton's going to be quite a bit worse next year. So is it the worst thing in the world if he goes and faces a bunch of shots next year for Edmonton? I don't know. That's, why, that's my thought. Because they were playing, he was facing 13 to 15 shots a game, which was pretty ridiculous. Like, how much better are you going to get doing that every game? Exactly. So I, I get the sentiment of wanting to play pro, but also they're not going to be that good next year. Yeah. Because I mean, I mean, Dylan Ganther might make the Coyotes. Yeah. Do you really want to rush Kosa to play in the ECHL or the? I don't know that he's quite frankly going to make the AHL. I mean, if he does, great. Yeah. I mean, if I he's just... like, if you can't beat up, my opinion, if you can't beat up Victor Bradstrom, then you sh- should just be go back to junior. My opinion. Yeah. My opinion for sure. Um yeah, so that kind of wraps up the the yeah, prospect term. I mean, going two and one, pretty solid. Like a lot better than I think we we went one and two last year. Again, this tournament meant nothing in terms of um actual winning anything. It means the world. Doesn't mean the world. Cap Captain Kent Johnson. <laughs> Also, I did want to bring up something about Columbus too quick. Uh, Krill Marchenko, he looked good. Yeah, I didn't watch a whole lot of the Columbus game either, but he was the fun. only game I fully caught was the Dallas one. But I, yeah. did, notice, I did notice Krill and the little bits and pieces I did watch. Yeah, it was that whole top line of Johnson, uh, Marchenko, and I don't know who the other guy was. But, yeah. So um, let's move into the Eisenman press conference. He went on, and of course, like I love that the Red Wing. I was so I behind the scenes, I, I wrote up like a little article like saying, like, hey, the Red Wings released their 
um, prospect or the, not the prospect roster, the training camp roster. And I had, I had it ready for like a day because everyone else was announcing it. I'm like, okay. And of course the Red Wings didn't announce it until two 30 today, Wednesday. And I had it ready 10 AM Tuesday. So I was just waiting and waiting. And if, and I, I figured it was going to go up right before the press conference for Eisman, just in case there was like PTOs or anything. Yeah. But it didn't. So that's when I knew, all right, there's no PTOs. And there wasn't, but um, yeah, Eisman, he went on and I mean, of course he got right away. I mean, basically he got grilled about Edmondson. I was like for the first five minutes, he was just talking about Edmondson. And I, I brought it to you before we started. And just the language this year to like comparing Lucas to Edvinson in terms of like the language of Eisman talking about, like he said, Edvinson had a good chance in the press conference today. He yeah. didn't even bother saying that with Lucas last year. So that's why I think it's, a little, I'm like, that's interesting. That's a significant, like not like significant, but I'm like, okay, definitely. Well, it's basically what we've been saying the whole summer though. We've been saying right. it's his, his spot to lose. Right. Which I do think, quite frankly, that he could lose that spot. If they oh, don't. yeah, he could for sure. I think they might have anticipated him being a little bit more ready or that's the only way he's going to lose it. And then they'll just send him to GR, which isn't a bad thing either. I did see like him joking with, I don't know who asked the question. I was like, do you hope that one of these prospects just make the team so you don't have that log jam in GR? Because there's a lot of bodies in GR. There's a lot of bodies. In terms of defense, too. I think McIsaac, New Power, Barton, Sabrango, Vero, Johansson, uh, Lashoff. That's eight right there. That's eight right there. And I'm if you add Edmondson, that's nine. Yeah. So then again, you're fighting again. People are probably going to the ECHL, <laughs> stuff like that. It's a lot there. It's a, a lot. lot. And who do you want to send to ECHL? New Power. <laughs> <laughs> He'd probably be my, honestly, probably near my pick. Yeah. It's not gonna be not gonna be lash off, not gonna be camphor. It's not gonna be lash off, it's not gonna be camphor, it's not gonna be Sobrango. Those are your first three that you look at because Sobrango's already played two years. He's got the experience. Not gonna be Johansson. Not nah, not wouldn't not be, be McIsaac. It's not, not gonna be Edmondson. So you're between Barton and who am I missing? Barton and Vero. It's not gonna be Vero. He spent three years in Liga. Exactly. <laughs> So yeah, it's definitely a a weird. I mean, I I mean, Griffins have known like they they were like rotating guy. Like Barton, I think was a guy last year that was being rotated every other game, and was still getting reps. I mean, and it's still productive, but it's tough for a defenseman to not be that active. Um, so definitely like from a roster standpoint, until obviously Wallman comes back, which is a whole another whole another wrinkle. Which I I he's come back sooner than I thought. Wallman. Sooner than you thought? Yeah, I mean, mid-November. I was expecting maybe, like, December. Oh, I thought it was November. Really? I might have been. I don't know. Because it was never mentioned, so I was like, oh, okay. Like that's. I thought it was mentioned. I thought it would be, like, late November. Yeah, so, I mean, if we're looking at it from that way, he's only missing a month, basically, of hockey. So, that's 10 games. Yeah. It's really not that much. I mean, I guess if you look at it, like, that's Simon's tryout window doesn't work then all right cool um yeah the, the other injury updates were fabry and pissick were both after the new year uh he sounded more optimistic about fabry than he did pissick 
he kind of just threw Pissick in there. He's like, yeah, I'm expecting the same, but he was like talking about Fabry being back and like being on the ice and slow playing it a little bit. So yeah. it's definitely the right play and he should not be rushed at all. I, I hope he can still, I mean, this is third tear and I really hope he can still have a career. That's my biggest, yeah. that's my biggest thing. Like I, I, I want Robbie Fabry actually, not even like his hockey career. I want like his personal life. Like I want him to have a healthy life and, be happy dude he's he's been a great red wing so I, I really root for robbie fabry me too and then the one that caught me really off guard was andrew cop and obviously i started the podcast with the joke of the stephen weiss comparison but he had the same surgery it looks like to larkin for sports hernia and he's supposed to be back the first week which i don't know if that means he's opening night or just like a couple games in which could impact yeah. like our next conversation a little bit I, I thought it sounded more like opening night. He okay. I, mean, I hope so. I mean, again, like it's only a few days, so it's like it would be a couple games where we're like, oh, who's going to be the second line center? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't really matter. I think our first two games are Montreal and New Jersey. So, I mean, yeah, right. we can we can afford to be without Andrew Cop. I think. Hopefully, yeah, those are two wins. Hopefully. Back-to-back, though, which is tough. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Other notes, I thought it was interesting how he went out of his way and mentioned that he th- or he had a question about Philip Sedina, and he went out of his way to say, like, yeah, like I had a conversation with him at the end of the year, and I really thought he was progressing in the right direction in terms of his play as a player and then personally learning how to take not scoring every night. So that's positive, and him still like publicly believing in Philip Sedina is a big thing for Philip Sedina moving into the season. Yeah. Again, he's a guy like who knows. Like we've talked about, you know, moving around the depth a little bit in the top nine. Zidane could be a guy that can play top six minutes. Zidane could also be a guy that plays fourth line minutes this year. I'll could live be. on that trend. If Jonathan Bergeron's making this roster, Zadina is playing fourth line. Most likely, yeah. Who well, I I don't this this is one of the topics I had wanted to talk about. This whole episode, and I kind of I'm gonna pop into it now since okay, since we're already on the Zadina thing. I, I liked everything that Eiserman had to say about Zadina and things like that, but if Zadina doesn't take this next step, and Bergen has shown during throughout the preseason that he is the better player at this point, which is completely uncertain right now, and I'm not saying that he is or anything like that, but yep. The only way to fit that spot, I'm going to be pretty presumptive here, would be to bump Zadina down to the fourth line. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be Kubelik. It's not going to be Kubelik. And you, you need a center. So that so automatically like gets your, your wingers are Verona, Bertuzzi, Raymond, Braun, Kubelik, and your next Zidina. one is Zadina. Yep. So the only way that Berger is making a lineup is probably if he's playing top nine. Yep. And then to go along with that, the only winger I can foreseeably see him taking a spot for is Zadina. Yeah. No, you're. I don't think you're out of pocket at all with that. Like I've I've thought about that too. If Berger has a super big camp, I I honestly do think there's a chance. Not a crazy chance that Bergeron makes the team. I I mean, the dude literally had almost a point per game last year in the minors. Yep. And if he had a big summer this year, 
Who yeah, knows what else? happens? I know Ben Simon did talk about as well with Berggren. He's like, okay, if we send we like players like him, if we send you down and you think you should be in the NHL, then prove it. Yeah. Be too big. He also like it was also in conversation with Joe Valeno too, which is another guy that's like in a weird spot because he's waving. Valeno's in a really weird spot too. Yes, because he's he's still he's not eligible to be picked up on waivers still. Yeah, which is definitely creates more roster flexibility. It does. And for guys that like sign one way deals, like I know it's super easy for guys like for Red Wings fans to be like, all right, we're waving uh, Osterly and Hag. I'm just throwing names out there. Yeah. I don't, it's not that easy though. Like, Eisman can say all he wants, but like, again, like, they're more likely just to be scratches than being sent down. Yeah. In terms of a roster spot. So, yeah, that's definitely something um, with that. I wanted to go back to Edvinson quick before we got, we go into more roster spots because I kind of, I missed a point that I had written down. And then we can kind of go into more battles because I think that's a really good conversation and a good segue. Um, with Edvinson, I thought he was really interesting that he said he wants him to be a regular and see special teams. Like he wants to be a, a he wants to see significant time in the top six with at least one special team with Edvinson. And I, I do think it's very possible that he would play power play. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I just think you have to find a way. It just makes it really interesting for, for Heronic, right? Yep. What's Heronic's usage then if he's not playing power play? And this is a conversation that we brought up all the time. What is he useful for if he's not playing power play? I agree. I agree. And I think, I think it'd be more likely that Edmondson would start as a PK guy. And then like maybe halfway through the season's like, okay, I'm a power play guy now. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Cause I did like what he saw like on the prospect tournament. I thought he was moving the puck pretty well. He was taking his shots when he had the lanes. I did too. He just takes too long with the puck sometimes. Yep. That's which, definitely something he needs to develop. Which a bit. isn't. Uh, completely, you should be shocked by that because he's never he never plays power play. Yeah, right. Never. So, I mean, like never. you should literally never. He the guy never touches power play. And I'm guessing he's gonna get plenty of reps in preseason. And like, same thing if he's in GR, he's gonna get plenty of reps too. Because I mean, last year it was McIsaac ran power play two, and it was uh, Murphy that ran PP one. But when Murphy was hurt for that long stint, it was McIsaac running PP one. Yep, but then like down there this year, you're gonna have some battles for those power play spots too. But Edmonton's probably gonna get priority. Oh, he, he, would get pri- he would get priority priority for sure. Wouldn't even really be a question. But no, I, I agree with the sentiment of wanting him to play a significant role. Yeah, and I, I like if he makes the NHL, he's gonna play significant. He'll play well. Like he'll play enough. Yeah, he'll play enough. Um. Yeah, so going on the battles, I have, I have this in a separate tab on my phone. So, because I, I, I wrote this up like weeks ago. But yeah, you brought up the Zadina. Like, I had a little question mark next to him. Cause, like, again, the locks, wherever in the, in the top, like the top nine, I have seven, like seven positions that are like locked. I'm confident. And it's whatever, or like the, the seven players Bertuzzi, Larkin, Raymond, Kubalik, Cop, Peron, Verana. All those guys. And Zadina's going to be in the lineup. Let's not get that. He's, I'm confident he's going to be in the lineup, but the question is, like, what spots? So it's kind of like a battles for, I think, five spots. Well, I don't think there's that many spots to be battled for. I would, I would, lock I have locked, I have, I have players that are locks. So hear me out. Okay. Rasmussen's out. a lock. It just depends yeah. where Rasmussen, Suter, and Sunquist are all locks for spots, my opinion. So yeah. you're looking at one spot. 
technically, because Zeno will be in the lineup somewhere. I think Valeno is the most likely. My kind of like sneaky under the radar candidate that I've been really thinking about recently, Matt Luff. Not the not the most exciting name, but yeah. Uh, watching Matt Luff, I don't quite agree with you there. Interesting. I think he's more of a. He's not quite a all offense player. Like he he. I want to say a Martin Furk, but he's not a Martin Furk. Um, the way he plays in the AHL is kind of like a Martin Furk, but he could translate his game better to the NHL than Martin Furk could. Yes. Okay. I, that's what I'm trying to get across. Like he's so electric in the AHL. I, I watched him play in Milwaukee last year. Yeah. When the Griffins were playing Milwaukee, and he was him and Valeno were the most fun players to watch on the ice that game. Yeah. I just don't know that you take Matt Luff over Valeno in this situation. I'm not sure. No, and again, like I, I think I'm calling him a sneaky candidate. I think Valeno is still the most likely. Yeah. He's kind of in the same vein as like an Andreasen for me. I would agree. Because again, like obviously you have Smith and Ernie who are like, I would say like more likely they can they the, as like a 13th spot, like they're gonna be the extra. I think ultimately it goes to Ernie as the 13th forward. Sadly. Sadly, but I mean, he makes the most money and he can continue getting paid. And Just my question is, is, like, what if you see three players out there during camp that are that show they're better than all the 13th forwards and even possibly better than, like, the 12th or 11th forwards, but you don't know about usage and stuff like that? Like, there, there's a log jam that has not happened in Detroit in a long time. Like, there's a lot going on, lots of moving pieces here. Yeah, unfortunately, though, the logjam is all meh. Yeah. It's all meh. You know, it's nothing, like, super exciting. It's like, ooh, who's going to be our fourth-line winger? It's not like a super – like, besides Bergeron, there's not a lot of high-end. Well, yeah, I if Bergeron was in the same spot as he was this year as if it was last year's team, then we're that right. Are you If you're saying if Bergeron – yeah, was like at his, his level this year that he in going to last year's camp. Going to last year's camp, there's no question about him making the team. Oh, 100%. He would have been right. He would have been a third line forward, no, no doubt. Possibly even second line, depending on usage with Verona. Especially at the end, of the end of the season. End of the season and Verona starting the season out. Like if you put him with the right players. I, he, he, I think he's my biggest question going into camp because of the possibilities of where his talent is at right now. Yeah. And again, it's like where he fits best. And then we weigh Zadina and stuff like that. Yeah. It's definitely a weird one. It's, it's tough. And yeah, I think, I still think Valeno, like, again, I think Valeno makes it. My question is, do they roll 14 forwards and 7D or they go 13 forwards, 8D? I think they go 8D. See, I'm not so sure. Well, actually, I don't know to start the year, but you have... Because then you have Wallman coming back, and you just solve the problem right away. I don't know. Definitely a question. I don't know. My question is, I don't know who would be, though, that'd get waived. Yeah. Because obviously the four, the four, we, the, the four is like the easy. The top four is the easiest. Let's yeah. wash your hands like you're good. 
then it's I have like really only four players and then five when Walman comes back. I would throw Johansson in there as a dark, dark horse, but Johansson's a dark horse. Yeah, I just don't think it's that likely. I, th- I think, man, it would be so fun to watch him and Cider play together. Would be a lot of fun. <laughs> would be a lot of fun. I don't know how effective a pairing that would be, but it would be really fun. Yeah, definitely. Even Edvin's insider, that'd be a weird pairing too. That would be a weird pairing. It'd be a lot of fun. I'm not sure weird in a good way or a bad way. That's still to be determined. I need to see it. At the very least, I need to see it at least once in preseason, like make it happen. It'd be hectic. It would be hectic, but it'd be a lot I'm, of fun. I'm jacked for preseason, not going to lie. Me too. Uh, the only thing I've been getting jacked for right now is Sundays at noon central time. And now it gives me a little something to do on a Wednesday. And I'm pretty pumped for next Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday versus the Blackhawks. Like, let's go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but other than that, like, on forward, I think we kind of named, like, Zarnik is another guy who's signed a two-year deal. He plays center, too. I've always liked I've always liked his game. I think he's a solid player. Yeah. I, I like yeah. Austin Zarnik, too. I just – He's definitely an AHL guy. I well – that or like that whole 14th forward that we're talking about or 13th forward. Yeah. Right. Again, I think fits that mold. Like uh, he's like, to me, he's an injury guy right now. Easy yeah. call up. Oh, he's going to be, he will likely him and Luff would be the first guys that are called up, which I love those guys for call up. guys. I, I oh, think, absolutely. Like I, I really like Matt Luff. Yeah. Matt Luff played. I, I only, I only said him because I kind of compare him to Giovanni Smith. Cause I kind of like view Giovanni Smith as like the 13th, 14th guy. And I'm kind of pa- comparing because everyone's like, well, Giovanni Smith's still kind of young. Matt Luff's the same age. Yeah. That's what I'm, I'm just like, that's just my point. Matt Luff's still an RFA. I, He's an that, RFA after the season ends. I guess the way you're talking about like comparing Giovanni Smith to Matt Luff, I, I see the way you say that Matt Luff could be this guy. He could be the guy. He's also bigger. 6'3", 210? Like, come on. Yeah, because really what has Giovanni showed at the NHL level? I love Giovanni, but he's just not hes not doing it for me. He's not. Like, he's had a couple games, and then, it, it, that yeah, people hold on to those couple games because they're really fun, and then he kind of says nothing. Yeah. Hopefully I'm wrong. I'd, I'd love to be wrong about Giovanni Smith. I hope he shows me up, tells me to shut up. That'd be great. Uh, but, yeah, defensively. I mean, Lindstrom, Osterley, Edvinson, Hag. Again, people are always like, all right, we just throw Hag in the minors. I don't – Hag's not getting waived. He signed a one-year, one one-way one way deal like halfway through the summer. Yeah. Or excuse me, a week and a half after free agency. I hope he's exaggerated. Um, they don't – you don't do that. You don't wave a guy – like if you were playing it like, like Zarnik, for example, if they were signed him to a one-year, one-way contract, that I've been – I'd be like, okay, then he's going to be an NHLer. But he's not. He's on a two-way deal. So you're like, okay, they intend for him to be in Grand Rapids pending something. And also back to Zarnik, I think he's likely to start in GR because of Chase Pearson now. Yeah. Which obviously I wanted to like, I want to say like, hopefully everything's okay with Chase. Hopefully he takes time and comes back better. Again, I don't, everyone should respect his privacy, but hopefully Everything ends up being everything is and will be okay. Um, but yeah, defensively, yeah. To me, it's oh, it's so tough. Like I, I switch on it every week. 
of who's gonna be the bottom pair. So I'm trying to take my I'm trying to take my heart out of it. Like I'm trying to like not pick who I want versus what I think. Camper and lash off. Well, that's Mark what I want. That's, that's what, what I, want. I, I pray every day. I, I hope Danny D gets traded back. I know. I, I loved the little like I loved the little uh, Twitter post that I had a little video. That was nice. That's nice. His first season was a lot of my my montage idea, but. Yeah, whatever, Red Wings. You, could, you had a free, you had a free chance and didn't take take advantage of it. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, no, I, I'd go. I'm sick of my gut. I'm gonna go Edmonton Hag. That's my pick. I like that pick. Quite frankly, I I, I don't know. I don't know either. Like Lindy, I want Lindy. Osher, I think is the perfect extra. No offense, yeah. he's just the perfect extra. That's such a, like a backhanded compliment, and I don't mean it to be, but it's true. Um, yeah, it's just tough because like my question is like, do you rip off the band aid right now with one of these defensemen and go seven? If Edmondson make, if Edmondson doesn't make, that's a really interest. It's like really easy. Then you go seven D fourteen forwards. Yeah, but if Edmondson does make it, that's where I kind of like question where you're gonna go with the roster move there. I, I think, think be- you, I think you roll. You think you still go eight and then eight. wave someone later, yeah. or or bank on an injury? Yeah, because injury is definitely going to happen. Someone will get hurt at some point. I don't know who it will be, but someone will. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Definitely. Super exciting times for the Red Wings, and I did like going to Lalone's um, presser. Um. He did mention that all the D pairs and stuff are handled by Bugner. Which I like. Bobby Boogs. Bobby Boogs is hand, handling all of the D pairings and stuff. And, and they said, he said, oh. do not, he's like, he basically said, don't read anything because everything's going to change. Yeah, I like that. And of course, me tomorrow, whatever the groups are, I'm going to be sending in the group chat and I'll be like, ooh, <laughs> I'm going to do it every time throughout the whole weekend because I think it's going to be interesting. But again, I think it's, especially with cop out too. That's another one, like, for preseason. I'm like, how do I read into who's going to fill in the second-line center? Yeah. Are they just a fill-in? So if it's, like, Pew Suter filling in, I'm, and I'm like, ooh, okay, he's the fourth-line center. <laughs> or is it he's going to be the third-line center and they just bumped up the best one? Again, I, you know, I'm... <laughs> Grant's just shaking his head. <laughs> he's like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Goes oh, without saying. God. Goes without saying. But no, I... He kind of like Lalone said they kind of have their projected teams already. Obviously, like he's not just going to be like, all right, I'm set on those teams, but it's it's easier for like how they're going to set up Team How, Team Lindsay, and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious to what those look like because I, I know they always do the one prospect team. It's kind of like NHL, AHL, and then prospect team. And then they split it up a little bit. Obviously, like when you go in the red and white game, which is I think a Saturday night. Yeah, which will be fun. Um, there's also the um, the vaccination change in Canada, which Eisman seemed really like. Usually he he doesn't mince words, and he also doesn't say anything if he doesn't have to. He seemed pretty optimistic that Bertuzzi would play in Canada from the press conference, which is really good. Yeah, which is really yeah, which is super important. I mean, if you look at our record in Canada last year, I think we were two and seven. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, <laughs> and Bertuzzi, down the stretch, Bertuzzi was arguably the most valuable player for the Red Wings too. 
and some of his best and some of his best days. Yeah, once Larkin like really because you could tell Larkin was hurt the last before like the last like twenty games he played. Well, at that point, I would say Sider was the most valuable player by a landslide. But like during the beginning of the season, when Larkin was dealing with his it yep. personal stuff there, yep, for a while, Bertuzzi was a menace. Yeah, Bas- look at the buff- the Buffalo game. Basically, taking the place of himself and Larkin, he he was a beast. Yeah, definitely. So that'll be um, that'll be something to look for as well. Because I mean, that sounds promising. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, and again, uh, alone being the player coach he is, I did like how he was encouraging young players to be themselves and show what they can do to be better, make the team better. Yeah. Not trying to be something you're not, which I think is super important, but like he also stated like with the camp, it's gonna be more so a focusing on systems and not so much like running plays and stuff like that. And like, don't read them the change. It's gonna be more so accumulating players in, into the system. Yeah. And he's really looking forward to eight preseason games for that yeah. and getting used to the coaching staff, which is, which is big. Which that is, is really big. big. Um, even getting comfortable with the players on ice. Yeah. Like it's been big for him to even have like the NHL players playing games for him. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like, I wanted to, another quote, like Eisman's like, he, uh, he's been pretty calm. Like I love his like Michael Rasmussen, like he seems to really like Michael Rasmussen and he kind of like, again, people were really complimenting Michael Rasmussen. He's like, and he had a quote saying we are far, we're far away from having too many players, but these kids seem driven and motivated. So I did like that quote. Yeah. I think it was from, uh, it was George Malik. I think tweeted that tweeted the quote out for that from the press conference, which was really good. Um, yeah. And again, he wasn't ready to talk playoffs throughout the press conference. Just said, we're a better team. And, you know, if stuff goes right, then I, I'm willing to talk about it later, which is the right yeah, way to do it. I did it. see that or hear that. Yeah. Um, I think that's really all I have. I, I got a kind of funny moment today. Okay. Uh, I was kind of explaining this to you earlier at, briefly. Um, I was at work today and I just kind of, I just, I don't know, I just do some deep thinking. And just a name popped in my head that I had, like, hadn't even thought about in forever. Uh, and it was uh, Pontus Andreessen. And I'm just thinking about, like, what is he going to look like at camp? I haven't heard his name in literally forever. And he was, like, the hype train around him was hilarious. Like, when he was first, like, announced to be signing, but it hadn't been confirmed yet. And he was still in the playoffs with Luela. But and then, like, 30 minutes after I said that, or I thought that to myself. I see Daniela Bruce tweet about it uh, on Pontus Andreasen, which I thought was really funny. Yeah, how, how he's a player to watch. Yeah. <laughs> which I agree. That's a good tweet. I 100% agree with that. Me too. I, I think he's a, kind of a fireball. Yeah. He's going to be the next Matias Bromay. I hope not. He's not as good looking, so I think that's... That's already... He's already a step behind. Yeah. <laughs> True. Maybe his production will be better since he's not as good looking. He won't be Maybe. as focused on looking so good. Ooh, that's a good point. Yeah. Bromay that's was, a lot of pressure. That's why Broma is like, I got to look good and be good. I can only that's, do one. Yeah. It's too much. I'm going to go back to Switzerland. Yeah. Or Pontus Andreas is just a nice blue collar boy that was 
yeah. an elect- electrician, and then he decided uh, I'm gonna play pro three in Sweden. And then maybe he just switches this game completely to like a blue st- blue collar style. He's like just pucks deep and just bang on. Well, he already kind of plays that way, and then he scores goals. Yeah. He also, just well, not like pucks deep, but he likes to play physical. Uh, yeah, with the elbows up. Yeah, with the elbows up. <laughs> amazing um yeah definitely gonna be like i'm really looking for the red white game and standouts from that because i always thought remember remember our, our mitchell stevens hype train after That's that he had a two goal performance there and look true. how that look how that turned out and honestly it didn't turn out that bad he just had a bad injury a bad injury it didn't work out which i mean fine we, we, okay. we gave up a six round pick what three players you're most curious about uh in order for- in order for the red and white game or just in whole through preseason? In whole through the whole training camp through preseason. Like, either to make the team or just curious about as a player. Okay. Uh, Edmondson's number one. That feels like a, it's, a, it's a cherry pick answer, but it is. It's true. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go Kubalika two. I like that one. Yeah. I'm curious to see if, if the bounce back is real. Three, I'm going to go JV. I'm going to go Joe Valetta with three. I like that, too. I'll be different. I won't, okay. include, I won't include Edmondson. I had a couple, names go, I, I had a couple other names I wanted to talk about. I'll too, go but. JB, Justin Bieber. I mean, Jonathan Bergeron. Yeah, he was on my thought as um, well. I just think his his follow through. I mean, even Iserman said that he's going to be an interesting one to watch. <laughs> Thanks, Iserman. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, I I do I think he's gonna be very interesting to watch here. Um, I'm also gonna go Albert Hansen, another Swede, nice resident Swede. Um, then Kosa. Okay, I'll go with all the prospects rather than players. Yeah, prospect heavy. Another the other two names I was thinking of that came right to my mind was uh, Zadina and Heronic. In terms of where they fit in, like when when we like towards the end of the preseason, when it's the more so NHL heavy rosters. So you're going with five. You're going Zadina and Heronic too. Yeah, I'll go. I'll I'll add in my fourth and fifth. Fourth would be Adam Ernie. Oh, okay. Different reasons, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I agree. He's gonna be interesting. (laughs) There's nothing funny about that. And then I'm gonna go Jared McIsaac. Ooh, nice. I like Jared McIsaac. And I, I do too, he, and I, I, root, think... I, root for, I root for Jared McIsaac. Yeah. I root for him. Me too. Um, my only concern is going in, though, my, my one concern going into preseason is, is Steve Eisen going to have enough time after running the Tigers as well to make evaluations on the, on the Red Wings? I think he's going to, yeah. That was like the most random name drop at any point. It was like, oh, yeah, Steve Eisenman helped out like extensively with the, the, uh, the baseball head of the Tigers surprised though. No, not at all. And it's just like Eisman like getting asked about. It. He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I, I know him. We, we go back a few years." What? Yeah, Chris Chris funny. Chris Chelios introduced us. Okay, at a Cubs game, <laughs> rock star. That guy does seem pretty cool though. Uh, from the, from the little press conferences that I yeah. got. Yeah, I do. I I did love the difference of Chris Illich talking with that guy versus like a year ago because a year ago he's like tigers rebuilds over and then this guy gets hired and he's like well we're building so this guy was probably like chris shut up and iceman was like hell yeah like that's what you do stuff (laughs) you just have him sign the checks that's it 
but to my knowledge, I guess baseball more, more so works. So he's basically like a, I think he's the president of the Tigers is now. I think that's his official title. And it kind of it's kind of like a Jeff Gordon situation of he more so runs the team, and then like they're gonna hire a GM who's gonna help out. Okay. But like I guess like in baseball, it's more so like there's like a president that does like the trades and stuff like that. Versus like it's not common practice is like they don't always have a general manager as well. Which is interesting. Which, which I found, which I, I didn't really know. So I, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that either. Definitely thought that was a funny story of Eisman being like, all right, I'll help out. And I guess like it was more so like just Illich Holdings, like all the companies, just like the business heads meeting potential candidates and getting used to like the culture and stuff. Yeah. Which was neat. Neat to hear. Um, yeah, we'll be back definitely to recap the red and white game. I'm not sure whether or not we'll do first game preseason as well as the Wednesday. So it's a little late in the week. So probably we'll just be recapping camp as we see it. And then, yeah, probably go from there. We'll see. Play by ear, depending on how schedules go. But we'll definitely be back next week. We're back in full. How's it feel? We're back full steam ahead. Um, it feels like fall. Is it fall? Yeah, it is. Well, I mean, do you remember the 21st night of September? Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's the last last day of summer today. So thank you all for listening. Um, make sure you follow us on Twitter. That helps out a lot. Leave a rating on Apple. Check out Inside the Rank. We do have a new salary cap page. Um, we are now with Puckpedia. So that's a really neat feature you can click on and see all the stuff like that long term. Really cool. Uh, Yeah. Thank you for listening.